Amen. You guys can be seated. Would it be nice to run into God at Starbucks? You know what I mean? Just to pull up a cup of coffee, and I'm not a coffee drinker, so I'll probably mess this up, but a cappuccino, latte, mocha, thane, you coffee drinkers drink. Or for us who do not drink coffee, maybe a little hot chocolate, you know, get some donut holes going, and, and just have a little talk with God. Wouldn't that be cool? You know what I'm saying? Just, just to sit down for about 20 minutes, because you know God's a very busy fellow, and, uh, and just whip out some questions. Matter of fact, if you had that time with God today, if you got, had the opportunity just to have a little talk with, with Jesus today, what, what would you ask him? Anybody, just blurt it out. What would you ask him? Nobody's got any questions? Nobody would ask anything? Why is it so hard? That's a great question. Why is it so hard? You know, there's some days that I would probably sit there with God and say, can you explain to me the mystery of the Holy Spirit? Can you maybe, God, help me understand this whole uh, how I know the will of God. God, can you kind of help me understand this whole eschatology thing? You know, all the stuff that happens at the end of time. You know, the mark of the beast, the false prophet, the antichrist. You know, are we close? Are we closer? I mean, like, you know, Lord, what, what's up with that? Because I can get kind of worked up about that, you know? We can just all see all kinds of things. And then there's other days where I'd probably blast out a whole different set of questions. Especially the days when we pay the bills and money's tight. Especially those days when we paid the bills and money's tight and the kids were sick. You ever had one of those days? You ever had one of those weeks? You have one of those months? Some of you have one of those years. I mean, it's just stuff just keeps piling up and piling up. It's kind of like James says, what? Dude, what is up, Lord? Why is it so hard? Because, I mean, honestly, doesn't it seem like sometimes that, uh, that good people seem to struggle? And the people who don't profess faith in Jesus Christ seem like they have no struggles at all. I'm telling you, that kind of ticks me off. Does it tick anybody else off? Wouldn't you just like to over a cup of coffee... Have a little talk with Jesus. You know? Why do people struggle financially? I mean, come on, Lord, we're the guys playing by the rules here. Cut us a little slack. I mean, we can get a little fired up, can't we? Over that whole day. And what about fame and notoriety? Why is it every time you turn around, Osama bin Laden is all over the place? Reinvoking the memories of 9-11. I mean, honestly, aren't there days where you just go, Lord, why not a little recognition and notoriety for people who are doing right? For a dad who worked a 12-hour shift and then instead of going home and, and taking it easy, as soon as he gets home, he loads the car up and eats a bologna sandwich on the way to his little boy's soccer game. And then when he comes home, he goes down the basement and fixes the sump pump. Oh, that's not news, but certainly doesn't that guy deserve a little bit of an applause? 
I mean, I just kind of get ticked off at all the Bernie Madoffs. You guys know who Bernie Madoff is, right? The guy, the Ponzi scheme guy, 50 billion with a B, billion dollars. He embezzled off of people. Don't you just wish sometimes you could have a little talk with Jesus? And say, Lord, why is it so hard? Those standing for truth and trying to make a difference, why does it feel, as James said, so hard for us and seem so easy for them? Have you ever felt that way? I'll be honest, I have. And it just kind of ticks me off. It'd be nice to go to Starbucks, kick back in a high top table with a cup of coffee and just have a little talk with Jesus. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us idea of Psalm 37. Turn in your Bibles there. Psalm 37 is a wisdom song. It's a perception, perspective song. There's about 10 of them in the book of Psalms, and it is given to us in a cheerful manner. It's given to us in, in, in a proverbial tone. It's given to us. Matter of fact, Jesus would follow several places uh, out of Psalm 37. You can see a parallel to the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. This whole thing of a wisdom song is like you and I sitting down, having a little talk with Jesus, kind of getting our perspective back right where it ought to be so that life makes a little bit more sense, so that we don't get all worked up into a lather, 
And so that we understand who God is and we understand better our relationship with him. That's the whole concept behind a wisdom psalm. Psalm 37 is one of those psalms. And each of those psalms is an invitation to have a little talk with Jesus. The wisdom psalms. And uh, they're honest. They're straightforward. And they come from real life issues. It's not some pie in the sky stuff. And the wisdom songs rarely give us a pat answer. But it does give us a clearer perspective. It does cause us to challenge our thinking. And the problem the songwriter writes about is the same one we face today. I alluded to it a little bit earlier. It's the thought that thinks that it's only Christians that have the hard time. It's only the believers in Christ who struggle. And, and so we've all kind of felt that way. And so welcome to Psalm 37. If you've had a little talk with God about this stuff, he would say, well, you know what? If you're really concerned about them, let's talk about you. Then we'll talk about them. And then he'd say, take a sip of your cocoa, and then we'll talk about us. Because God has some very pointed things to say about you and them, the non-believers, and us. So let's talk about us real quick. First of all, God says, don't fret the life stuff. The stuff in life that gets you worked up, the stuff in life that just gets you, you know, bent out of whack, going over the top, drama. We got any drama people in here? I mean, just out there. God says, don't fret. Do you see it in verse 1? Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. He would say it in verse 7 and again in verse 8. Don't fret, don't fret, don't fret. The word fret is a cool little word. It means to glow hot. It's like putting a, a, um, a piece of iron in a flame and the tip of it glows. It, it means to, to burn with anger. God is saying, listen... At Starbucks, he would say, as you sip a cup of coffee, listen, don't get into a tizzy. Don't get all hot under the collar. That's what don't fret means. Don't fret yourself when you see evil people succeeding or those that doing wrong get ahead. Don't let that get under your under your collar. He said, don't be envious of the wicked or the prosperity. And sometimes it's hard to feel that way. When people who've made it to the top have kind of cheated their way there, not everybody, but we all kind of read the papers and we see that happening day in and day out. God says, no, 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 no. Don't fret. Don't get worked up into a tiz. You can't control them, but you can control you. You can't happen, you control what happens to you, but you control what happens in you. Don't fret. And then he'd probably say, you know, take another cup of coffee, take another sip of your coffee, because don't fret because we're to trust in the Lord. This is a cool expression. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pastures. Well, you say, well, I don't really have any pastures. That just, God says, enjoy my blessing. Don't compare a temporal blessing that the world gets with the eternal blessings that you have for me. Enjoy the good pastures that I give you. And so this thing of trust. Trust is such a cool thing. We're told to joyfully trust in the Lord. You can see that in the first four verses. 
But trust is not this passive thing. It's not sitting in the recliner and just saying, okay, Lord, whatever will be, will be. Trust is active, it's proactive, and there's a part of it that's reactive. It's not passive at all. It is boldly embracing faith in God and all that he says to us in his word and walking with confidence by faith that even though we cannot see a lot of what God is doing, we know that God is doing great stuff. That's why he says don't fret the life stuff. Don't get bent all out of, out of whack. Don't have a conniption. Isn't that a great word? How many of you know what the word conniption means? Oh, man, there's a few of us. When I came to Kirby, Nancy Andrus and I were the only two who knew what it meant. Don't get, just trust in the Lord. And then it says, don't fret the life stuff. Delight in the Lord. Delight's this great word in the Hebrew. It means to lavishly enjoy blessing. How many of you have been on a cruise? Come on, raise your hands. You've been on a cruise. Now, by the way, if you're a fisherman and you have a canoe, that is not a cruise, all right? I need to qualify that here. I'm talking about, you know, Norwegian, Disney, you know, Holland, one of those things with a cruise, man, don't they spoil you rotten? Isn't that great? You can eat 24 hours a day, and God's people said, amen. People clean up your room when you leave. And we say, amen. You eat something and you don't like it. It doesn't matter because you didn't cook it. You send it back and get more. Isn't that great? Delight. Now listen. If Disney and Holland and Norwegian know how to take care of the cruisers... Don't you think God knows how to take care of his people? Don't you think God knows how to take care of those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ, his son? And so we simply delight in the blessings of God. Matter of fact, it's used to two other places in the Bible. In the book of Job, it says that the wicked, the unbelieving can never know this kind of delight. And the book of Isaiah says that this delight is like a little child being held tightly to its mother's breast. Isn't that a great image? You ever see kids just squalling and squalling? And then all of a sudden, mama picks them up and there, there, pats them on the back. And all of a sudden, they just ooze right away. That's delighting in the Lord. It's just this confidence that, 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 hey, at the end of the day, everything's going to be all right. The problem is we kind of want the end of the day to come every day, don't we? Yet he says one other thing here. He says, don't fret the life stuff. Just commit your way to the Lord. You see the word commit? It literally means in the Hebrew, it means to roll your way on the Lord. To roll your way on the Lord. Every Hebrew knew what that meant. You and I go, huh? You see, to roll your way on the Lord simply says, it has the idea that when life gives you more than you can handle, 
When you've done the best that you can and the best you know how to do and the stuff of life just keeps piling up, when it says commit your way to the Lord, it simply means let God carry the strain. The wicked and the unbelieving have no promise of that and have no hope of that. But you and I who bear a load, and they bear a load too, when you and I face the pressures of life, and they face the pressures of life too, when you and I have hard reality checks, and they have hard reality checks too, we have someone who when the strain is the toughest, helps us bear the load. Isn't that cool? Matter of fact, you could paraphrase it this way, let God carry your load. Doesn't the Bible say, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you? Doesn't the Bible say that no matter how tough it gets, he will provide a way of escape to us or those who know Christ is their Savior? See, we know those promises, but where we get the fretting part of it is, is we start this comparing thing, you know? So God says, don't fret the life stuff. Let's talk about you here just a minute. Don't fret, trust in me, delight in me, commit your ways to me. But he would also say, now, just for perspective, let me also talk about them. The them is those who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The them are the those who have not accepted Christ as their Savior. The them are the those who walk in waywardness away from God. The them are those who have no standard of, of, of right and wrong, of God's truth in their heart. And so God says this. Matter of fact, this is going to be starting in in 12 and following verse 12. Follow along in your Bibles. This is really cool stuff. I'm just going to hit it real quickly. But God says, listen, don't fret. They make your plans. I'll laugh at them. Because while they may make their plans, I'm in control. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked for he knows their day's coming. He said, don't fret. There is this, there is this, there is this melody of joy and cheerfulness. Just like the the song, Have a Little Talk with Jesus, man, it's just kind of a happy little tune. Well, now, God's not happy that that the wicked are exploiting the righteous. God is not happy that they are turning away from his truth. But God just wants you to know that at the end of the day, he's aware of what's going on. He knows who's living right. He knows who's living wrong. He knows who's working hard. He knows who's not. And at the end of the day, he will make it all right. But then he says, you know, don't fret. Don't fret. Their violence will destroy them. The wicked draw a sword and they bend the bow. That's the bow and arrow. And they bring down the poor and the needy. They exploit them. To slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts. And their bows will be broken. Man, the list is long. I kind of like... History around the turn of the century, you know, John Dillinger, Al Capone, that whole kind of Chicago mafia kind of thing, you know, Jimmy Hoffa and 
Adolf Hitler, Saddam Hussein, and I know those guys aren't Detroit. They act like it. I know they're not from Detroit. But the list goes on and on and on. Listen, the pages of history are littered with people whose own violence has destroyed them. So God says, you know what? Relax. In the vernacular of our day, he would say, chill out. Trust me. Delight in me. Commit your ways to me. You think they're going to stand forever? No, it's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. Take another sip of your coffee. Relax. God also says there in verse 37, he says, he will repay. And the wicked will perish and he will repay. Verses 18, 19, and 20, God will take care of the faithful and he'll handle the faithless. And then he'll repay. Listen, God has an accurate record of who has done what. He knows everyone who has put their faith and their confidence in Jesus Christ. You see it right there, that last verse, verse 20, but the wicked will perish. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for it is appointed unto man, I'm sorry, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, now, if you haven't caught on by now, the wisdom songs are kind of contrasts. The righteous with the unrighteous, the godly with the ungodly, those that stand upright and the honest and those who are dishonest and wicked. And, and it's this contrast, and every time God sets the contrast, he puts it back in perspective. Okay, trust in me, delight in me, take joy in me, don't fret, I'm in control, I know what the wicked are doing, they're going to be caught up in their own demise their own plans are going to backfire and work against them they one day will perish their legacy their heritage all of that too will one day be gone so just relax but then God would say now we've talked about you and we've talked about them but now let's talk about us See, not only do you need to get your perspective right and delighting in the Lord and trusting the Lord and, and not fretting and committing your ways to the Lord, not only do you need to just kind of, okay, God is in control. He knows what's going on. He knows the right and the wrong of it. But God also, in the wisdom songs, say, hey, let's talk about you and me. And he would probably get the waitress to come over and say, my friend needs a refill because we're not done talking. And God would say, now let's talk about you and me. And he would say, I am your salvation. Not the wicked, not the government, not your personality, not your slyness. I am your salvation. Well, the word salvation literally means the one who rescues us, the one who gives us the victory. He carries us when the strain of life gets too much for us. He cares for us, delight, like a mother does for her newborn child. And to keep a proper perspective in life, live knowing that God is our salvation. Now, when I get fretful, when I get under the hot under the collar, it's when I forget. And I do this whole comparison thing. And I feel that God somehow is being unfair because he's forgotten about me. And well, look at them. I mean, there are people out there who are just flat. 
crazy. I was going to say cuckoo, but if you didn't know what conniption was, you probably wouldn't know what cuckoo was either. Man, I could mention some names of people. You would just laugh because they're just so off the wall. But yet, people listen to them. God says, no, 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 no. You, you don't need to listen to them. Listen to me. I am your salvation. I have the words of life. I have the words of hope. I have the words that will give you the proper perspective of life that you need. It's all right to acknowledge that life is hard, but when life is hard, you can't just kind of wall around. You got to say, okay, let's get things back in its proper perspective. Let's understand me, let's understand God, but let's also understand the dynamics between God and me, that God and God alone is my salvation. Now, let me just say a word. If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to understand, I say it often, Jesus Christ is not one of the best ways to get to heaven. He is the only way to get to heaven. And at the end of the day, God is not going to take your good works and put them on a scale. And if your good works outweigh your bad works, then you get to go to heaven. That's not how it works. The Lord God is your salvation. He's your deliverer. He is the one who provides your access and entrance into heaven. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't be pretty enough, smart enough, personable enough, rich enough. It only comes as a gift. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he would say, I am your salvation. But he would also remind us, sitting over a cup of coffee, that I'm your strength. For the Hebrew, this was important dialogue. I'm your strength. For when you can't handle the stuff of life, God says, because he's... God says, don't fret about it because he will be your strength. Paul echoed this, didn't he, in Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. The word strengthen means to pour into. And so let's just say that this is your, this is your strength quota, and right now your strength quota is running on empty. And you say, my goodness, what am I going to do? Well, you trust in the Lord. You delight in the Lord. You commit your ways to the Lord, and he pours his strength into you. Well, now, what do you do? You sit there and look at it and go, dude, that is a pretty cup right there, isn't it? Isn't that sweet? And it's got some good stuff in it. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-
where the one salvation delivers the one who rescues us, the one who gives us the victory. He carries us when the strain of life gets too much for us. He cares for us, delight like a mother does for her newborn child. And to keep a proper perspective in life, live knowing that God is our salvation. Now, when I get fretful, when I get under the cahot, under the collar, it's when I forget. And I do this whole comparison thing, and I feel that God somehow is being unfair because he's forgotten about me and I look at them. I mean, there are people out there who are just flat. Crazy. I was going to say cuckoo, but if you didn't know what connection was, you probably wouldn't know what cuckoo was either. But I can mention some names of people. Just laugh because I just saw off the wall. But yet, people listen to them. God says no. It's alright to acknowledge that life is hard, but when life is hard, you can't just kind of lie around. You gotta 